Welcome to the Well-Rounded Geek Podcast, episode 25. With me in the studio today is David Ritchie for another Stoner in the Scholar Sports Show where we talk about the latest in sports news and sports topics. What's up, man? Yo, what's going on? Last, or uh, yeah, that last pod before I become a dad. I know, I was going to say, expecting dad Petrakis over here. Less Wednesday. Less than a week, baby. Wednesday. Yep. That's my, crazy. My little big dog is about to join this world you know what i was gonna drop on you tonight and tell you you should surprise amy with before she gave birth this isn't gonna be a surprise now <laughs> well you're not gonna be able to do it if you don't have time <laughs> if we, i didn't know it was coming up that soon but yeah, that shit right around the corner this is super sus but <laughs> i gifted my mom a pedicure for mother's day and natalie went and because she's been wanting to go she's been wanting to bring me and i've never gotten that done i feel super weird about it right they dragged me along i went on a lunch break from work don't tell my boss what anyways uh it was the greatest experience ever bro they fucked around and let me feel comfortable with getting a pedicure because I'm about to get that shit like right. monthly. This is about to be your new thing. So I was going to tell you, you should take Amy to get a pedicure and you should low-key do it and don't yeah. tell anyone until you get on a podcast. She, she, <laughs> she been on that now. Like, let's, for a couple of years, she said, like, let's go do that. We just never have done it. Let me tell you, I'm just weird about people touching opposed. my feet, dude. Yeah. It I was... The most relaxing. Yeah. Natalie doesn't massage my calves like that or anything, dude. This woman was going to town. And my toes, these they're out right now. They're glistening. These are the best toes I've ever had. 30 I, years of my life. I was going to say, out of all 30 years, that's dude. the best your shit's ever been. And I, I keep... I take care of my feet, but there was shit coming off my feet that I've never seen before, man. But anyways, okay. Let's start the show. <laughs> Hopefully we can do a, a double date pedicure soon once you become a Run dad. Run it up, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. But we have a lot of topics to talk about today. We're going to talk about the NBA. We're going to talk about the playoffs. Talk about the most recent awards that were announced. We'll talk about the Detroit Lions. It's been a few weeks. We wanted to talk about the draft as soon as it happened, but we just haven't been able to get together. So we'll touch on the draft. We'll touch on the schedule that just came out today. And then we'll talk about the most recent UFC event, UFC 274, and we'll briefly touch on 275. So let's start the show with some NBA topics. The playoffs have uh, unfolded since we last spoke. There's actually a game on right now. The Phoenix and Dallas game. Miami just won today, so they advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. Finals, Yeah. I just wanted to get your opinion on the remaining series, who you think is going to win, and who you think is going to go to these to these championship games. So let's go off of the game that's on right now. Uh, Dallas Phoenix. Who do you envision winning this series? Phoenix is up three two right now. They're up three two right now, and they're down four. I don't know. I don't see Phoenix not closing out tonight. Yeah, even I agree. not even being on the road. Like I was just saying before we started uh, recording that it would be cool if Dallas won, and uh, I kind of, either just because of the you know the underdog and 
I like Brunson a lot, and I like uh, Luca, but I just I think Phoenix gets it done, man. They're too good. They're a well-oiled machine, man. Yeah, I, seriously. I mean, they're at this point they look like the best team out of the West, and they have for the last couple of years now. You know, so I don't expect them to lose the series. But what I will say, these conference semis have been great. Like, way more competitive than I expected them to be. There's been some good games. Touching on another series is that Milwaukee and Boston. Great series. series. There's been some really good down-to-the-wire basketball games. Yeah. Really good defensive play. Yeah. Um, really good coaching, it seems. You know, they're at each other's neck. And I got to give the Celtics credit because I feel like I didn't give them as much credit Last time we spoke, but they've really surprised me, man. They're the team that they've should have been right for the longest time. You gotta think those guys are so young too. Like Tatum was so young, starting in the league. So was Brown, and uh, you know it takes years for some guys to really get into their own and then reach that next level. Yeah, they're on their way. Tatum especially. I still think the Bucks obviously will win that series, in my opinion. I mean, it's very difficult after you were tied 2-2. You lose that game five, and then you come back and right. you know win. So yeah. it, it could go seven, but I do still think the Bucks come out on top. I still think the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. Giannis is just different, man. He's different. Yeah. I mean, he's unreal. He's so improved every year, it seems like. <clears throat> it's scary. Yeah. He is the Greek freak. So I envision them uh, advancing against uh, Miami. That's going to be a great series, by the way. I mean, yeah, it is. Miami owned them when they were healthy two years ago, and then the Bucks owned them last year, but Miami's healthy again, dude. Right. That's going to be an awesome series. They got P.J. Tucker, who mm-hmm. was on the Bucks last year. Uh, that's going to be a, a, a gritty series. I agree. And the final um, matchup that we haven't talked about is Golden State Memphis. Yeah. I still think Golden State. That's been fun. Wins that series, but Me that too. game last night was unreal. Yeah, unwatchable. Can, right. It's it's kind of crazy to see that blowouts like that in like playoff games. You know what I'm saying? Like. I'm not sure. I don't quote me on this, but were they almost down 50 at one point in that game? Uh, I don't think 50. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong now that I think about it. Maybe they were. No, they. I don't know if it quite was or, but they were down a lot, and it's just it's weird to see that in such like a in a playoff game, close playoff. It's an unheard game of. in series. Like I know that. Uh, it was 3-1 until that game, but I feel like the games have been... There haven't been big blowouts like that. No, they were way more competitive. That's why yeah, I've loved these conference semis, dude. They've been way more competitive than I envisioned them to be. I mean, I didn't really give Memphis that much credit. John Morant's incredible. It sucks he's been injured, but you know, Golden State, I still feel like they are going to give the Suns a run for their money. Because they're just the Warriors and they're, for the most part, healthier again. But when you see how they performed last night, it's concerning. Right. It's like there's the... Once that happens, you think like, okay, could that happen again? Yeah. When your stars songs... are off, they were off. Right, like, No one else was making up for... Like, Steph had... What do you have? Like, 
13 or yeah, something, something, like that, something low, 13, or something. 14. Yeah. Well, that's the craziest thing about that team and like, and what they've been since they've been, since they won that first championship is that like, you think about it as they changed the game with those two guys shooting the ball. But if you have bad nights shooting the ball like that, you're not going to win games. The craziest thing about Golden State was that those guys didn't ever have consistently or even really that bad of games often at all. That's and not all at the them, same time. That's what made them so like yeah. next level. Right, and if one guy was having an off game, someone would pick up the slack. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost, you never saw those type of performances. Right. You know what I mean? And that's what made them such a lethal weapon. Just the the dynasty that they created there. Yeah. I think hmm, I still think the Suns can beat the Warriors. I'm changing my tone now the way that I've seen these these games unfold. Yeah, the I still think is a different beat. Yeah, I you still think the Suns things. will come out of the West. Do you think Golden State beats Memphis and yeah. they play the Suns? Who do you think wins that series? I I'd go with Phoenix too. Yeah. And then you think the Bucks beat Boston? Yeah. And who do you have between the Bucks and Miami? Been going against Miami, it feels like, every series. Um, I don't know, man. I might, Miami's I, scary, I, man. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, <laughs> the thing is that they're always going to do and bring is the defensive side of the basketball. And Butler, he grinds out those games, dude. But I just – the Bucks are – Defending champions, you know, they're so good. It's hard to go against them, but they are down Chris Middleton. I can't remember if they lost anybody else. What did I see? Maybe it was just Portis had like a bad game the other night or something. I can't remember. The Chris Middleton, being down Chris Middleton hurts a lot. But like you said, I mean, Giannis is so good, and their role players step up and play well too. Yeah, Drew Holiday is great. Yeah, he's been killing it. That defensive uh, sequence at the end of that last game was against Marcus Smart was crazy. Yeah, you know, right? The defensive the, player of the year, right? And it's like, are you the defensive player of the year? Or right. Is it Drew Holiday? Because Drew Holiday is very, very well versed defensively. Sure. So, I think uh, yeah. If I had to put, if someone gave me a free hundred dollars to put on that game, I put or on that series, I'd I'd take Milwaukee. Yeah, me too. So we'll we'll announce. Next time we talk, you know, if you can get away from dad duties, right. who we uh, think will end up winning the championship. But I've enjoyed these playoffs so far. It's refreshing to see all these younger teams, these younger players it is. play much and more competitive basketball. Basketball has gotten kind of weird to me the last couple of years because it's like the regular seasons feel like they don't mean as much. They feel like there's not uh, as much I don't even know if I want to say this, but it's like as much effort put into them. Like this, that's where guys are sitting. That's where guys are taking the. Yeah, it's the pretty whack off. to be honest. It's a long season too. Like eighty-two games is a grind, so I, I I get like the resting and stuff, but it just it is refreshing when the playoffs start because you're getting that elite level of basketball every series from round one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. it's time now. You know what I mean? One through eight, time to prove what you got. And give it your all. And when you see the best players in the world, being able to do that on a nightly basis, it's like the best basketball ever to watch. It reminds me why I loved basketball. Yeah, me too. Starting up, mm-hmm. you know. And it makes me think, 
every time I watch the NBA playoffs, I always think like, man, why did I watch so much of the regular season? Yeah, I, sh- I wasted so much time. But I think it's also because I'm just getting way more into the Pistons again. You yeah, know, things like that. Exactly. And that, and I was I was just gonna say that is like it's different too because we've been excited about the Pistons the past couple of years, and especially with how the drafts have been going for us. And now we got Cade and. The future just looks oh so bright, and it's insane to think that because you're, you know, I feel like five years ago you and I would talk about how just abysmal. Yeah, I wouldn't watch what what type of shape that organization was in, and to do the flip that they have so far, and uh, with K going forward, it just makes you more inclined to watch. It makes you more interested as a fan of basketball, that which you and I have always been, and then you know off of that you're gonna. You pay more attention to the game, I feel like, at that yeah. point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You start to uh, watch the live games that are on TNT. and You know what I mean? You're watching other teams that are not just from you know the state you're in. Yeah, I agree. It's now, just not the same level of ball when you get into this, this time of the year. Right. I don't agree with the f- way the regular season's been handled as of late, and it's turned me off the way that all these players rest and – it, it doesn't seem nearly as competitive because they just feel like, okay, as long as we make the playoffs, we make the play-in game, you know, we have a chance. So I don't agree with that, but I've still enjoyed being a basketball fan in the last couple of years and, and getting more and more invested in the regular season because I've always watched the playoffs and always gotten to the playoffs, but I've still enjoyed the regular season now the last couple of years. What I did want to touch on was the NBA awards. Um and then we can touch on what got announced today with the the conference final awards, which has never been heard. Of. But uh, the MVP, Jokic. Do you agree? I mean, yeah, I don't see. I don't agree, but I don't disagree. Right? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a that's the best way to put it. Um, it'd be cool to see Joel win it, mm-hmm. but I mean, I don't know. I, it's like it's that's the perfect way to put it is not agreeing but not disagreeing because it's not like he Joker wasn't deserving of it either you know yeah and I feel like MVP is MVP is a weird thing you could still be putting Giannis in the conversation too because he's a beast and that's the best team well you know I feel like you and I could really go into depth on what you just said for the majority of LeBron's career who's the best player in the world yeah. That's the MVP, man. Yeah, best player on one of the best teams. You should be winning the MVP. And when I just said the MVP is a weird thing, it's just because of that. It's because it's like a a word that bounces around a lot. And if we were really being solid on that, LeBron would have been MVP nine seasons, ten seasons in a row. I agree. And and the same could be said for Giannis now. You know what I mean? Because he's the best player in the world. Same thing could have been said for Kevin Durant for a few years there. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. He could have won more than two. He just was. He was the best player at that time. Yeah. It's it's just such a weird award to me. All the awards in the NBA are They dude, are, because so John Morant wasn't even an MVP candidate. Yeah. He won most improved. Right. How do you go? He I could have been an MVP. I don't understand how they even put him in the, the most improved category, and he wins it when you have, like, for instance, a Jordan Poole who was a G leaguer, yeah, and came up as killing shit and really playing a big role for that Golden State team, right? Went from G leaguer to starter to 
franchise player. They're going to want to keep him forever, it looks like. Yeah. Dare even say third splash, bro. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then to add insult to injury, you know, Cade Cunningham got snubbed. Scotty Barnes won Rookie of the Year. So even the Rookie of the Year awards, whack. You you can't make sense of any of this stuff, dude. Like, Scotty Barnes is great, sense. but Everybody... he got far more credit than he deserved because the Raptors made the playoffs, man. It just is weird, man. And it's like the Raptors probably would have made that without scotty i know yeah and for the whole year evan mobley was being shoved down our throats as the rookie of the year and then all of a sudden well not all of a sudden i guess mobley gets hurt and barnes barnes comes out as a front runner because games won yeah win in the history of that award has games one really been a considered? It's never, a, dude. It's always a deciding factor. The best player on like the shittiest teams, because the best player is usually who was drafted quite high on a shitty team. And I wish I had the vote totals in front of us right now. It was disgusting. Cade got snubbed. Excuse my language, but that was a fucking disaster. Yeah, that was a disgrace that he got. Not only did he not win that award, but the way, just the. This the way nobody was on him for that. Like it was unbelievable. I couldn't I believe my eyes reading that that so many people didn't even consider him. I just I have a hard time with it because they were all great. I mean, they're they were. This was an ex- insanely talented rookie class. But if there was anyone that I thought Cade would lose to, it would be Mobley, and even he lost to Scotty right. Barnes. Bro. That's what I'm saying. Like. Mobley, I don't know if the Cavs make the playoffs without Mobley. It's it's tougher than uh, Scotty Barnes with the Raptors, in my opinion. I mean, the yeah. Raptors are a few years removed from a championship. Right. The Pistons haven't been to the playoffs. I mean, I don't even count that year when Blake went off because we were like the easiest first round exit, exit ever. ever. Yeah, it was but bad. I just. I don't know. You know, we could go on. We went on last episode. <laughs> the The NBA awards don't make the most sense anymore. It's almost like some of those stupid rules in the NFL where some are called correctly and then some are called incorrectly, and you don't even know how to make sense of it. Anymore, right? There's anymore. like year by year. There's like different criteria. Yeah. Like next year we're gonna have. I'm calling it right now. Quote me on it. Next year we're gonna have a rookie of the year debate, and it's. What's not going to be a deciding factor is fucking playoff teams and wins. Oh, yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter because Kate is better than Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley, and that's just that. Yeah, and the top, like, four drafting teams are shit, you know? And they're going to get those top players. But I did want to touch on, because I know you have an opinion of it, it was announced today that they're going to give MVP awards to the – Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals games. How do you feel about that? I just feel it's weird like that you get MVP awards. You're getting MVP awards for a series that's not the finals. It just doesn't make sense to me because while it's an accomplishment to take your team to the Western Conference Finals and win it, what does it really mean if you don't win a championship? It means nothing. And you think these players are going to like be hype on that? They're not going to be hype on that. That's well, like a participation trophy or something. But if you're a player, now's here more here's another thing you could add on your 
resume to become a Hall of Famer. You don't necessarily even have to win. You know, you can have all these accolades and be a Hall of Famer. That could be one more accolade that you get to pad up your resume. Pad your resume. Yeah, Yeah. it's just, I don't get it. It's watering down stuff to me. What is the point of that? There's a reason it hasn't existed before, unless it did back in the day. I don't I don't know but I've never I don't I mean maybe somebody could explain it to me in a way that would make me see it from a different perspective but I just don't get it. I don't yeah. understand it on face value and why it's needed. I agree. So the NBA playoffs are continuing. Um the awards have been announced. The NBA draft lottery is this upcoming Tuesday, 5:17, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. We'll uh we'll talk more as we find out where we land. If we, we land number one, <laughs> we might need to have some emergency. Like you might have a baby in your arm, and I'm remotely calling in because we're freaking about over another number one. I'm overall talking pick. over speaker. You're yeah, putting the speaker something, to the <laughs> something. We might have to do an emergency, but we'll move on to the Detroit Lions because some good fortune fell to us with that team as well. We had the second overall pick. I thought the Lions drafted extremely well, and we'll go over some of these picks. As you all probably know, Aiden Hutchinson fell to us. That was like a dream to me, a dream come true. I mean, I really I wasn't upset with the Lions winning games towards the end of the season, but I was just upset that it felt like we were winning games and we were going to miss out on Aiden Hutchinson because I thought he was going to go number one overall. So to see him fall to us, I was at Hibachi for my sister's birthday, dude. I was freaking out. I was. I told you I was nervous. I was going to open my mouth. They were going to throw in a piece of shrimp or something, like a chicken cutlet. Bro, <laughs> side sidebar, you shared something on Instagram the other day about that, and it had me fucking dying. Oh, yeah, how you're, like, <laughs> trying to convince like, the... I, I always get anxiety. Doing some weird dance, like... Trying to convince the guy not to show, throw a shrimpy in my mouth. Yeah, because <laughs> I have social anxiety about it, dude. Nothing worse than having to open your mouth. I'm a grown-ass man. And have some random dude flipping like... Do not throw a shrimpy, a Zucchini in my zucchini. mouth. None of that. Great but I was rice. freaking out. I was watching it live with my dad um, on my phone. <laughs> and I was hype. Because we... We shouldn't have been able to draft Aiden Hutchinson. Like, let's be completely. No, he was consensus number one, I think. Yeah. So, and a lot of people uh, had him that high on their board. We got, we got some, like you said, some good fortune with uh, what it was. Was the Jags? Was it? um, Was it the owner or the coach? It was one of the. It was the owner or the coach that loved Walker. Like, yeah, absolutely infatuated, loved him, and you know, hopefully, he turns out to be what they hope he can be for them. But uh I think we got the guy. We just I just feel like we lucked out because he's a position of need. Like that's the position we needed to draft. Sure. He was the number one prospect on majority of everyone's boards for the most part, especially at that position. And he's homegrown, dude. Yeah. I mean I was sensing there was a chance he was gonna fall to us the way he was like throwing opening pitches to at the Tigers game wearing Detroit versus everybody hats and stuff. Yeah, it seemed like it was leading up to something. Right? Like yeah. there was some something in the... Uh, Foreseeable future. Yeah. <laughs> so I was freaking out about that. And I was just excited for the Lions draft in general because I thought we had a good, you know, 
amount of picks. You know, we had that late first, we had that early second, and then they blew my mind and they made a trade, traded up to 12th in the first round. They pulled the Troy Weaver from they, two years ago. They did, man. Brand Holmes is a savage. Shout out was Weaver in the back, like <laughs> hiding behind the corner, like, I got you. I feel like he was. I feel like <laughs> between Weaver, Holmes, and Iserman, we have some, you know, finessers. But we drafted Jameson Williams out of uh, Bama. He also played for Ohio State. He's a beast, man. If he can get healthy and get right, which he seems to already have the confidence. Like, they yeah. were asking him, "Were you? did this take a mental toll? Were you worried? He was like, no. Like, after the first day or first week, I literally haven't thought about it since. Like, this guy, he seems antisocial, but in a good way. Like, it definitely was not something on his mind. And he's so talented athletically. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a guy who lacks confidence in what he can do. Yeah. Um, he was killing shit in that championship game before he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. I literally watching that game. I was like, "This they're gonna. This is the reason they're gonna win." Jameson, what he was doing, and unfortunately he went down. But uh, we, it, just speaking about lucked out again, dude. It's just, I they made. That's not even luck. They just pulled a good trade out, made it mm-hmm. happen. I guess it was lucky to where he fell because he could have been higher than that. For sure. If he wouldn't have tore his ACL, for yeah, sure. If, yeah. he didn't get, if he didn't get injured, he definitely would have. There's no telling if he would have even been available at that point. But I mean, just a, think of it this way. That was a hell of a, hell of a grab. It, it was. If uh, and, a healthy a Jamison Williams is the best offensive player in the draft and Aiden Hutchinson – the is the defensive. best defensive player in right. the draft. The so Detroit gained, Lions got him both, dude. Positions of needs, and they're both the best projected at their position. Yeah, and they're yeah. able to because they're first round picks. They're able to sign them to that fifth year option, yeah. that team option. So it's like that. W- that right there, that first round was a massive dub for me. Absolutely. I, I, I was eating it up. And then the yeah. remainder of the draft, I thought they drafted well the remainder of the draft, man. Yeah. All positions of need, all right. players with a chip on their shoulder, all players that love the game of football, and they play it hard. I I don't know a lot about some of these prospects. I know Josh Pascal is a beast. <laughs> he was highly rated as well. You know, he was one of at least the top five. He was three uh, of edge rushers. Uh, the way he was graded. Yep. Um, Top by three, man. I remember system. seeing that going, holy shit. Excuse me again. You're going to have to put the explicit one on this episode. <laughs> I dropped an F-bomb about pedicures early on, dude. We're good. <laughs> but yeah, he... And you got he, two out of the three. Think yeah. about that. Because you got to think that's that's Aiden, Thibodeau, and then Pascal. Yeah. And we got both. We got two or three. And we didn't get the guy. I mean, we get we ended up with the best case scenario in Hutchinson. We didn't have to go with Thibodeau because he was the best available. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because we didn't want him, and there was talks about how we didn't want him. And then you get Pascal with the funniest commercial alive, <laughs> and coming here to wreck shit. I, it was hype, dude. It was hype. And then we ended up taking the safety Kirby Joseph yep. from Illinois in the third round. Who seems like a dude. dog. He is, and he hasn't even been been playing that position for long, and he's a beast, dude. He looks like a ball, a ball magnet, a ball hawk. Yeah, you like he the ball comes his way, he gets interceptions. Imagine 
how good he's going to be when he's coached up. And he's super athletic. Damn. You see how he can do all these flips, these yeah. backflips and stuff, dude. Right. To get him in the the third round is just a massive dub there. We ended up getting – we took risks on some players that are very talented, like James Mitchell from Virginia Tech. We also took a linebacker, Malcolm Rodriguez, out of Oklahoma State. No one's going to know, but I was messing up the names. We were laughing for like <laughs> a minute there, but I'm going to edit it out. Um Super athletic, undersized, they yeah. were saying. But he, when I was watching highlights, dude, he's a beast. Yeah, there was that one you sent to me, and I, I dug deeper into that video where he stopped that, where he stuffed the line. Do you remember sending that to me? Yes. That running back? That was the first running back off the board. He's a beast, yep. man. He's yep. might. I don't care if they're undersized, man. There's so many. Here's didn't they the say thing. Aaron Donald was undersized or something? And he was a beast. Yeah. First year. Here's the thing, man. You start to, like, you see Brett, or uh, I'm sorry, you see Dan Campbell's team last year. Abysmal, very bad. You see how they ended the year, though. He made it a point to win games for culture, right? He wasn't worried about dropping or falling. They were going to do, they were going to go out there and win games to build that culture. And they're not worried about it because they have, they know. I feel like they had they know that they have the right guys in place up top that they're going to make this thing work or they're going to die trying. You know what I'm saying? Like wherever they fell in the draft was going to be just fine because it feels like you have that trust factor is what I'm is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and they're all they're all on board for like So you can you can have the whispers about every player's got faults. Yeah. But when you feel and I'm starting to feel how I feel with the Pistons that you got the guys that are right at the front of the ship in in the organization doing the picking and, and what they got to do, the scouting and all that coaching too. Uh, it makes you feel really good with what you end. We you know the picks that you get and the players that we selected. And they all seem like they're, they're high IQ football guys that just love to play the game. Yeah. And they're on board with these this coaching staff. I'm hyped for Hard Knocks because I've been watching some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that the Lions have been posting, and everyone just gushes about the way this coaching staff approaches the players, and they're all just on the same page. Like The coaching staff is trying to bring the best out of these players, and they want to be a support system for them, whether that be health, diet, schematics, everything, you know. Um, it, it does finally feel like we have the correct pieces to at least attempt to be a decent football team. Granted, who knows what happens. We're going to touch on how the Tigers have been playing a little bit later, but it feels like the rebuild is being done in the right way. Right. Same with the Red Wings, same with, uh, the Pistons so far, you know, the results haven't been there for any of these teams yet, but it does give me some hope because these teams have just been bad i mean the lions have never won anything of importance <laughs> since we've been alive so right. um if you're gonna watch the game of football you're gonna watch your home state team you want to see moves like this you know so the uh, the schedule was announced today and i wanted to go over that and just see who you feel uh or what you feel the record will end up being so let's go through that real quick we start off week one we play the eagles you have a win or loss at home. I feel like it's a winnable game. I like right now, without seeing how these teams are, both teams and all these teams in NFL, 
I'm just going to go off gut of what I feel, and I feel like that that's a winnable game. Yeah, I'm going to give that a dub, dude, uh, just because it'll be close. I mean, the Eagles are good, too. They gra- they drafted great, too. Yeah. Um, but home opener, I'm going to give the Lions a dub. Let's let's start the season off on a good <laughs> yeah, note. Yeah, lean on some positivity. Right. Week two, we play uh, Washington. Yeah. Win or loss? I say win. Me, too. Um, I feel like Washington could be tough. Chase Young is scary. Um, and they showed, like, some grit last year. They fought with some teams. Uh, but I just I, I it's at home again. The Lions, too. the Lions can win that game. Yeah, they could start off the season two and zero. Uh, week three they play at Minnesota, win or loss. It's always tough with the division games and at their place. But if we're two and zero, why can't we be three and zero? It's tough. It's in Minnesota. I'm gonna give that one an L because it's our first away game. But yeah. I think that is a winnable game as well. Like right. looking at it's this winnable. schedule, it's much easier than I thought. I think those first four are <laughs> I know. Be winnable games. Uh, week four we have uh. We play Seattle at, at home. home. Seattle's not the same Seattle either. No, I think we could smoke them. I don't know who their quarterback is even right now. Is it Luck or Locke? Sorry. I think, yeah. Yeah. We can win that game. I think we can sure. win that game The as defense well. ain't what it has been in a long time, and their offense is bad. Their offense was bad <sighs> with Russ, you know. Not bad, but like. Their O line is terrible. It is. It, they're <laughs> and the a guy was running for his team. life. They're in a rebuild. Yes, exactly. Sure. So that could be a dub. I think so too. Week five, we play uh, the Pats in New England. Yeah, I will give England. that to. I'll give it to New England. Yeah, me too. I'll yeah. get, take an L here. Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, second year, good defense. They, I see them winning that game. So then we have a bye week, and that's where things get a little interesting because I feel like it's we an came... early bye. Yes, but I feel like. To prepare for the Cowboys, because I think the Cowboys are are great. You know, they're a Super Bowl contender in my opinion. Yeah, they uh, got we pieces. play them week seven at Dallas. Mm-hmm. Win or loss? The bye week is tricky, like you said, because it gives you extra week of preparation. Oh man, that'd be great to go in there and take one, wouldn't it? Probably a loss, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a loss, but that's another. I I know I feel like I sound like I'm. Giving the Lions more credit than credits due because we had a bad season last year. But some of these games are winnable, man. Like yeah, the Cowboys it, coming off a bye, we could win. But if think we, about the scenario, too. So if you lost in New England, now you got a grudge. Now you got a something, a chip. You know what I'm saying? You go into that bye week knowing you're going to play a good Dallas team. It's week seven. They're probably going to be a decent record at that point. You're going at Dallas. We've always had, like, historically fun games against Dallas uh, go in there and take one in Jerry's world. Like, yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. I would to be fired up, ready to go, you know, hopefully healthy. We, it, it could be a win. It could be a winnable. Game. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy that we're saying that coming off the season, but I just feel like we drafted so well and we were in so many close games last year that our right. record, we were not the second worst team in football. And Dallas is weird, bro. They yeah. just are. As much as they have like expectations to be good and like they are a good team. There's they that team does weird things and weird and loses like games I feel like they shouldn't yeah. at all. Like them losing to the Lions, I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't either. It just that's just how it has been for that team, I feel like, in the past in the past few years, you know? So we'll just say it's a winnable game, but we'll give it an L. Uh week 
eight, we play the Dolphins. I think we can win that game. I think we can win that game. It'd as be well. interesting to see what they look like now with their, you know, you got uh, the Cheetah Hill over and, there now, yeah. and you know, it'd be interesting to see what all these teams are like by week eight, you know. But I say going into Green Bay, we could be four and three. I think so too. Four and three, four and two. If you get one at Minnesota, if you and win then, the first four games, well, Green Bay is coming here in Week Nine, so like I think we can win that game as well. Green Bay is at home, and I think we could beat Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay is not the same Green Bay. I feel yeah. like we're gonna split the Vikings and Green Bay this year. Yeah, Green Bay. And I think huge... we could beat Chicago twice. Green Bay. I don't know what they did in the draft. Uh, they didn't replace and had a huge loss with Devontae Adams going. I feel like their defense is just meh every year or two. At home in Detroit. We're going to be coming We've... after these quarterbacks. Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson going after Rodgers' ass. <laughs> I think we can win that game. Then we have Week 10 <clears throat> at the Bears. W for me. See, I think another... the Bears are terrible. Yeah, me too. But another thing is like we always fucking lose to them. I think this will be the year that we can beat them twice. Yeah. Yeah. But if you want to give it an L, because we're at Chicago. I just mm-hmm. I just don't know, man. It's just so weird, and it's hard to say, because I don't even know. So they got – Fields is under the helm, right? They lost Mack. Who are their wide receivers and running backs? Like, what's their personnel like? You know what I mean? I feel like their defense wasn't even – like they had that first year with Mack when they were like could have been scary, and then I feel like they really didn't make much noise. And then their offense has been bad. We'll give it a dub. Week 11 at New York. Dub. Dub. Giants are terrible. Week 12. Thanksgiving. Loss. Against Buffalo. Okay. Definitely good, an L, good but game, that's though. a hype game It's hype as hell. It's hype to give us that type of matchup. And we get to watch what we're like against what we compare to. You know what I'm saying? What we do we get stack the best, up? One of the best offenses. Are, and, do we get? And, do we compete with this team, or mm-hmm. are we gonna get rolled over? You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's that seems like the biggest test on the schedule. Oh, for sure. Not the Green Bay with Rodgers. Not New England. Maybe that or the not, Cowboys. I was gonna say bye week. I was yeah. gonna say Dallas too, but Buffalo still feels like the bigger test. Than yeah, Dallas. I mean they're, they're better a Super than Bowl Dallas. Contending team, right? right? Um, but at least we get a soft one after that. We get the Jags, bro. Week That's got to be a dub, right? Definitely a dub. The Jags are terrible. Uh, week fourteen, we play the Vikings uh, at home. I think that's a dub. I think if I think we'll split the Vikings series. If anything, we could win both games, but I'll take the home games against the Vikings. Yeah, I'll take a win at home too, even if that means a split for losing in week three. Yeah. Uh, week 15, we're at the Jets. Dub. I think Has so, too. Has to be a dub. We Has can't to lose to the dub. Jets. We can't lose to Jets. Jets and Giants are terrible. Week 16, we play the Panthers Weird. at Carolina. I say a dub. I think so. that's a winnable game, that's, man. This schedule is right. different and, this well, year. So the last six games, we could go like 5-1, and 4-2. and two. Yeah. And then we play Chicago again at home. I think that's a winnable game. And then we play at Green Bay. Now, I think we split the series with Green Bay. But yet again, I I swear with this Lions team, man, I feel like we could win any of those conference series, both games. So, like right now with our picks, we have like 11, 12 wins for the Lions. I think we can 
have about nine to twelve wins. And this sounds that me just saying that just sounded so crazy to me. It is crazy because and I we feel were like, fucking abysmal. I know. And I feel like I should temper my expectations, but I just really enjoy this team and what they've built and how they just drafted, dude, and the the acquisitions. I mean, we finally have a wide receiving core, and this is all like, don't get me wrong, this is all if we remain healthy. But we finally have a wide receiving core. We have a mediocre quarterback, which is fine for now. We have a good running game, and we have a good offensive line, dude. Like, we have a lethal... I would go as far as to say now that Green Bay has fallen off a little bit with the wide receiver core. We have the best offensive team in our division. Now, we had some defensive laps last year. At least the first half, it was terrible. But you could tell the players were growing throughout the year, and our defense looked completely different in that second half. Yeah. And if we build off of that, this team could be surprising this year, dude. Honestly. But now, let's touch on this. We could be saying these things, and they could be becoming the Detroit Tigers, and they could (laughs) be terrible. So the Tigers... We're not going to go into it too much, but I was hyped for the Tigers this year. I thought they were a a possible playoff team, and they've started off one of the worst teams in baseball, even worse than last year, and we were talking ish about them last year. Um, I just hope the Lions, the Pistons rebuild, the Wings rebuild, it doesn't end up being this way because it's so disappointing when – you see the rebuild trending in the right direction, and then it just shits on you. And yeah. that's that's what's happening with the Tigers, and that's yeah. how I feel with, like, I'm excited for the Lions' future. I'm excited for the Pistons' future. I'm excited for the Wings, and I'm scared of this happening with those teams because even though I love the Tigers, like, I really would like to see the Lions good, you know, because we have never seen them good. Um, I really want to see the wings good again because that was I love hockey. That was my favorite. That's team, Detroit. You know? mm-hmm. That's Detroit through and through. So I'm scared. The, <laughs> the Red Wings have been the Red Wings were literally a good hockey team for our entire life. But I'm scared that these Detroit teams are gonna blow up just the same way the Tigers. But yeah. I feel like well, there's always that fear there because we're fans. Yeah, and we are so. For whatever reason, invested in it because we love sports so much in our teams that uh, obviously there, we both are. We both know that there's two sides to the coin. You could turn out and be really good, or it could blow up in your face. And yeah, that's it's just so hard to win as a fan, especially when most of our teams have been bad now for very a lot of seasons in a row. Yeah, it's just it's difficult, man. But if I had to pick any Detroit team that I had the least amount of faith in, it would have been the Tigers because. Although they've had had high picks, they're just taking like the best available like high pick player. It doesn't seem like they've built a culture per se. And then Al Avila seems like he's lost almost every trade. Where Brad Holmes is finessing on trades, Steve Eiserman's finessing. Steve Eiserman, what he's doing is even crazier to me because he, no matter where he's drafted, he's ended up drafting the best player out of the last three drafts, in my opinion. And it's, and it's proven for the most part so far based on results. And Troy Weaver, 
has drafted very well for what he's had as well. So if I had to pick any team to not be surprised that the rebuild is taking longer, they're shitting the bed, it would have been the Tigers. But I feel like I'm going to be really sad if the Lions come out and they're bad again. And they're always bad, dude. But for some reason, this is going to be a tough pill to swallow. Because I'm on board, dude. I'm on board for the Dan Campbell, Brad Holmes train. Yeah, absolutely. And it's different because you see how they ended last year. You see how there was a culture being built. And then you see uh, how we drafted. Really exciting draft for a fan. Did some really exciting things. Got some really great pieces. Um so you just hope that it's all going to be able to bundle together and be something good, especially with that schedule. Like first, the first thing I thought when that schedule came out was like, damn, that's, that's a winnable schedule, right? Yeah, there. That's I agree. a, that's a, if you play well and, um, build stay, on healthy, what, and stay healthy and build on what you built exactly, last year. Exactly. There's uh, a lot of winnable you, games. Yeah. Here, you dude. can win some games and get in a wild card or, Dare I say, even win this division? I was going to say, like, it's finally, I don't think we're fully there yet, but it finally feels like the tides are changing in this division where Green Bay's not going to be as elite. And I could be completely wrong. I mean, they still have one of the best quarterbacks. I hope we're not in, like, November eating our words. I know. (laughs) (laughs) If if we are, I I will. We will. But if if it comes to that, you know, we'll own up to it. But. I hope. I hope it goes. I agree. I hope I'm not one of these crazy fans. I just don't have that much energy to give anymore, bro. I don't. (coughs) I'm tired of getting excited and then getting so disappointed. Tigers are on my shit list for that this year. Um, But yeah, we'll continue to talk about this stuff uh, as it unfolds. You know, I'm pumped. And the Hard Knock stuff's going to be trickling out soon enough, and that's going to be hype as well. So we'll use this moment to transition to the UFC stuff. Uh, well, I did want to talk about UFC 274 that just happened this past Saturday, and then briefly talk about 275. So before we talk about specific fights, what did you think of 274? I thought some of it was a snooze fest. And um, I don't know, man. UFC's just been weird to me lately. I didn't see it as a very entertaining pay-per-view. I uh, didn't catch a whole lot of the Ferguson-Chandler fight. So that's disappointing because I think that probably was the fight of the night. Yeah, I got the performance bonus, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, Rose and, excuse me, I should know her name. She's the champ now. Esparza. Esparza. Yeah. Excuse me. I wanted me. to say Esparza. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad with the names. Me man. too, man. I forget. And it, it was a snooze fest to me, so I'm sorry I didn't really remember, but it was a boring ass fight. And then it's so whack to me that Rose came out and was like, well, I don't get credit for playing good defense. Like, no, that's not the game. You can't just stand there. And not engage. How many times have we seen people not engage and it doesn't go their way in fights? A.K.A. Yoel Romero and Adesanya. Mm-hmm. Ro- Romero really thought he was going to do something in that fight. You can't take the belt off the champion th- without it being decisive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I feel like we're all losers with that fight because we're going to yeah. have to watch it again yep. because they're going to have to fight again. And that sounds terrible. And it was weird that the belt even like, I don't know. It was, there was, I don't know. I guess maybe Esparza did enough 
to judges and Rose just really didn't do shit for her to be able to take the belt. But it was like, even that was weird. Like, how do you change a belt when it was a fight like that? Yeah. How do you no. take the belts off Rose after a fight like that? I it's agree. Just, yeah, it was weird, man. Left yeah. a bad taste in my mouth. Pissed me off, really. The way that <laughs> fight card went. So I was super pumped for all those fights. Like me I was too. like, oh, nice. A dope fight. Like a stacked right. top three thought, fight card. We thought. And it was weird because in some aspects it delivered for me. And then it was the lowest of the low in other aspects. So I'm just torn on that right, fight like card. Right, like Ferguson got his head kicked off. and That, that was, was unreal. A, that yeah. was a great fight from what I went back and watched. Yeah, from jump, you know, Tony was looking... I mean, he hasn't won a round yeah. in years, and he's looked like he should retire. Like, he's you declined. and I gave him no chance yeah. last time we spoke, and he was... I mean, there are a lot of holes in Chandler's game. Yeah. He talks a lot of shit now because right. he's had some pretty spectacular wins, but he's got some holes, dude. Like, Conor McGregor would rock his shit and yeah. knock him out pretty easily, I think, but he could out-wrestle Conor because Conor's wrestling's terrible. Right. But... You know, seeing Tony tee off on him for a minute, I was like, dang, because Tony <laughs> hasn't been able to do anything effectively right. in years. And he was, he had Chandler rocked. But then that kick, bro, I haven't seen a knockout that bad since, um, I would say, Askren. Like, I thought Tony might have died. <laughs> I know. Didn't I, I text you that? Bro, he that. wasn't moving, man. Yeah. It's always a scary sight. And that's how Ben Askren was right. with Masvidal. Like, they, Lights the camera, completely shut out. Yeah, the camera doesn't focus on them because it's it could be something really bad, you know. Right. So you that, just see him in the back, like limp. Right. Done out. And that fight, I thought that was great. I mean, that over delivered for me because I thought it was just going to be a smoke show. Like like Chandler was going to smoke check uh, Ferguson easily, but it was back and forth, and then that was a highlight reel knockout. Right. Then you go to the lowest of the low fight, like you were just talking about with yeah. Rose and Esparza. The the way I think Rose and her camp has carried themselves or acted is what's made her look bad after that performance. But at the end of the day, Esparza's performance was terrible too. When you're challenging for the belt, you don't fight that way. And that is not a good look for the UFC to have a champ that fights like that because that is extremely boring and they're not going to sell any pay-per-views. So would this have made sense to you if they just uh, called it a draw? I would have 100% called that a draw. And and maybe, I don't even know if you run it again because of how boring it was. I don't know if Dana would have done that if it resulted in a draw. But like something like that, I don't know. I don't know how you change belts. I don't know how you take the belt from Rose. Right. I don't necessarily think anybody, but nobody won that fight. Nobody won that. It was fight. not a, def- a decisive. That's why I don't winner. think Rose should have lost the belt. She right. didn't fight well either. I mean, it no. was the one of the worst fights I've ever seen. Yeah, me the too. The only fight that I've seen that might have been worse than that was. I've told you, I feel like it gets forgotten about. No one's talking about it, but the Derek Lewis Francis Naganu fight was so. Bad, dude. It looked like two heavyweights that their controllers disconnected, <laughs> and they were just like, like going in at each other, but like fainting because they were scared because they were both like heavy They're both hitters, capable yeah. of knocking each other the fuck out. And then the Nick Diaz Anderson Silva fight was terrible as well. Um, there's been a few Anderson Silva fights that were 
not guys don't engage with him. Yeah, because he was a counter puncher, you know. So there's been a lot of bad fights. Um, Izzy Romero was a recently really bad one too. Yeah, a couple years ago, it was bad. That was bad. But I feel like no one really moves the needle like Rose in that division. Right. So that that 275 fight with Wei Li and Joanna is going to be hype because they're better in my opinion than Esparza. So it's like, at least that'll get me a little bit more hype about that division. But the fact that we're going to have to watch a rematch of that Rose Esparza fight is gross to me. Rose better completely. That's what I'm saying. Rose better bring it this time. I guess they just didn't want her to get taken down or like wrestled with. And it was just, I don't know, terrible game plan. That's what happens when you improve on your shit as a fighter too. Like, Dude, she's you, you can have weaknesses, but what are these fighters doing, man? Just continues to polish their skills that are already skills. Yeah. Like you got your skills, get better at wrestling. Yeah, get mixed better at martial defense. arts, dude. Get better at uh, evolving your game and making it full circle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get you know fighters are gonna have weaknesses regardless of what they what they do. You know what the the work that they put in. There's gonna be things that they're great at and not good at. But I mean, you gotta sharpen those tools because look what just happened. You shouldn't have lost your belt again. And if you're a champ, you, you just have lost to your, be she, entertaining, this is the dude. Second time she's lost a belt. Yeah, and she like it just seems like. Are you really the best? She are doesn't really have the, the fire at times that she should have. Right, you know? it's weird, man. It's weird. And after that fight, it's she was like, shouting, "I'm the best." Still. I know. It's almost like, and put this in a perspective related to like wrestling, where guys say. Like the Undertaker always said he was a better chaser of the belt than he was a holder of the belt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Rose is a content champion, but obviously when you're not champion, you got something to fight for. That's kind of just how it, not not saying that when you're a champion, you don't have anything to fight for. Obviously you do to keep your belt and in, in who you are and what you are in the sport, but it's almost like she's better at chasing the belt than she is holding it. Yeah, she doesn't handle the pressure of being a champ very well, it seems like, you know. So, that fight was a dud, completely ruined the card for me in some aspects. And then I actually, even though it made you heated, I enjoyed that Oliveira um Gaethje fight yeah. because the Rose fight was so bad, but I mean, I enjoyed it because they were scrapping for a minute. They were. And yet again, Oliveira came out on top. What I didn't enjoy is all the shit that Gaethje t- talked Yeah. before the fight. Yeah, he was talking And he spicy. ended up doing the exact opposite of all the stuff he was talking himself up That's for. What, I mean, like, he okay. tapped. He quit, too, just like everyone else has. Right. You know, and he yeah. got rocked. Dude, I don't think... Have right, you ever seen to, him get dropped like that? He didn't go to sleep. He didn't... You know, he that that was some BS after, like, trying to expose Charles for being a quitter. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's done it once. I'm going to make him do it again. And I thought it was crazy, too, that I felt like Justin wasn't – I felt like he went outside of a game plan because there was times I felt like he was just throwing wild shit, like throwing his all, like go just going way too hard, like too uh, – like he started off way too, like – I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. I just felt like he wasn't controlled. Yeah, which he's had issues with, but it feels like he fixed that, and he didn't in this fight. And it's when you aren't controlled against Oliveira, and he's proven it time and time again now, and I never give him the right credit, 
and I have to now. Right. He's very technically sound on the feet. He fights like he'll get rocked and stuff, but you have to be careful because if you make a stake, you're screwed. Right. Because he he doesn't lose technique. He doesn't get like wild. And or, you're right. He did touch Gaethje in that fight. I don't think I've ever. Have you ever seen Gaethje get dropped like that? Gaethje gets rocked. He even got rocked against Poirier. I was gonna but, say and Chandler. But have you ever seen him actually get dropped? Because he got dropped. I can't think of a time watching a Gaethje fight where he got dropped. I don't think I've seen him get dropped like that. Yeah. Um. If if so, it's escaping me. But he got dropped, and then he got like choked a snake out, choked out. You know, you can't fuck with Charles on the ground. I agree. But this division still bore. So it's hype, but it still bores me in a sense because it's like Khabib again, where these guys are great. But they're not even. It's another UFC division where these guys, these number two, these number th- number one contenders, number two, number three, they're not on the same level as the champ, and no one feels like a genuine threat now because all they do is continue to fall, to lose, come back down, fight someone else, end up winning, and then they're in contention again, and just like Colby with Deusman, you know. And I just, it's boring to me. Right. And I, I already forgot about Poirier for a minute. Yeah. After everyone's been calling Connor and just everyone else out. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot Poirier's in this division because he's Poirier's, another example where he just, he doesn't seal the deal. I'm pretty sure I, I heard or saw that he challenged Charles again. But I don't even want to see that me dude. Either. He, he got smoke checked too. He got it's like first round choke out. Dude. I'd rather see someone else. I mean, we saw Oliveira have his way with um, Poirier. We saw him have his way with Gaethje. We saw him have his way with Chandler. Ferguson. He, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we need to see. And Chandler's calling him out again too. Get it sounds here, crazy because... Like, Connor doesn't deserve any of these fights. But I would still rather <laughs> see Connor fight Oliveira than yeah. any of these other fights because it's just, it's not entertaining to me. Well, we've and, already seen those other fights too. And at the point, what we haven't talked about is how messed the UFC is with just champions and the belt and stuff. Like, Oliveira missed weight, so technically he got stripped and then he couldn't even win it back. So he's not even champ right now. So he has to fight the number one contender, and then he has to win that his now? belt back. Right. Whoever he fights next is for the belt to win it back. I mean, honestly, who's the real number one contender? Who's the number one ranked guy? Yeah. Is it Gaethje? I don't know. And I feel, dude, well, it doesn't have to be the number one contender. It's whoever they want to match him up with next. Sure. But that's why I feel like maybe it is laid out in a way to make it an easy entrance for Connor to come back into the picture. I don't know, but I'm not entertained by any of these championship fights anymore because I don't feel the way I felt towards the belts. I don't like, it doesn't feel like it's some life changing thing anymore. They don't hold the same weight. They've watered them down so badly with the interim champs and the way that injuries weight cutting issues all these things have just ruined everything dude i mean Oliveira missed weight he was stripped and now it's vacant and he won and he smoke checked everyone else 
and he's not even the champ right now. So whack, dude. The way they handle everything. So the final thing I wanted to talk about was 275. That's coming up on June 11th. That's Glover Teixeira versus Yuri Prohoshka. Valentina Shevchenko versus Taylor Santos and Whaley versus Joanna. That's a rematch. I'm hyped for that rematch. Um, I think Shevchenko, you know, she has her way with everyone. But I do think Santos, she's a really good striker. So it's that situation where, you know, she always stands a chance, I guess you could say. Fighter's Um, fighters punch? Yeah, I guess. Fighter's chance? And then (laughs) Teixeira versus Prohaska. Oh, my God. I, I don't. As much as... I'm happy that Teixeira finally won the belt. He's older, and I just don't see him holding it he's very He's so well. old, man. He's like 41, right? I think, yeah. He's in his 40s. Definitely. And that Yuri guy looks like a monster, dude. That last fight, I think, what was his last fight against Reyes, or did he fight against since then? I think that was his last fight, yeah. Bro, lights out. That was... He was a beast. That was a crazy knockout. He's got really good stand-up. He has a sick ponytail. Um, (laughs) It's another situation, though, where I don't even get hype for these guys because I know John Jones, even though he's a woman beater and he bothers me now, he's a terrible human being. He would smoke check all these people. So I feel like I don't get into them. (laughs) I just can't... I guess I can't get into it because it was many years ago when Tashira was on a tear and he was a force to be reckoned with in this division and John Jones just picked him apart and now he's champ and I just like can't get past that. Right. Because like there's no way Tashira is a better version of his right. younger self sure. and now he's champ. That just shows the difference and the talent has not exceeded yeah. since John Jones' departure. But right. And- you know, that makes sense. That guy, despite the uh, shit human he is, was and is a GOAT of that division and UFC, one of the GOATs. He would be regarded as the greatest of all time if he didn't have all the issues that sure. he it's It's kind of like, it, it does make sense because they couldn't beat him if he was still doing it in that in that division. He walked away and that opens up everything, but it is weird to see... Teixeira, like you said, in that light years ago, he was tearing through that division, but couldn't even match the level. It was embarrassing, his performance against Jones. Couldn't match it with Jones, and now he's 41 and champ. It's just like... No one in that division, none of the younger guys have taken it by the balls and, like, proven themselves as legitimate champions or something you know even Jan was like okay I don't think he would have beat John Jones if John Jones was still here and it proves it if to share ahead his way with Jan so I don't know I'm still looking forward to that card there's been uh, a better cards and then we'll talk about that July card next time we speak that's stacked that card is hype and we'll talk about it further as it gets closer um and then there is rumors that John Jones is going to come back and fight uh, Stipe. So we'll see what unfolds by the time that we talk next. But thank you again for coming today, dude. I appreciate it. I know Amy's due any day now, so I appreciate any time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to speak again soon. But I know you're going to be changing diapers and stuff. 
Before I end this episode, I want to shout out the elite supplement brand Caged. Caged was born of a need for ultra premium health focused products that actually work. If you would like to learn some more about Caged as well as their products, you can click the link in my Instagram bio as well as the link associated with this episode. You can also use my promo code JG15 to save 15% on your order. The well-rounded